Welcome to the Why on Earth Community Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron William Perry, and today we're visiting with Danielle Ryan Broida, the co-author of Healing Adaptogens, The Definitive Guide to Using Super Herbs and Mushrooms for Your Body's Restoration, Defense, and Performance. Danielle, it's so great to visit with you. How are you today? Thanks so much for having me. I'm well. I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm excited for our conversation. I actually think this is going to be one of the most important episodes that we share with our audience because we're going to take a dive into the world of adaptogens, herbal medicine and, and medicinal mushrooms that you've managed to boil down to the top 21 uh, that can really enhance our health and well-being. And so I'm so, so excited to dive into the material with you. Right on. Yeah, they're so important. They're so relevant. And as we were chatting a little bit before the show, we're like, we've tried so many times to make this work. And for some reason, it's like this pivotal moment of stress and weirdness and all these environmental factors that brought us together today to have this conversation. We're like, oh, there's actually a purpose to that. I think that ties in exactly to what we're trying to tell the audience. So uh, yeah, it feels like a really fitting, important time to be having this chat. Yeah, truly, I, I agree completely. Danielle is a registered herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild, a certified holistic nutritionist, instructor of, of mycology, and national educator for Four Sigmatic. After receiving her degree in environmental studies and philosophy from Whitman College, she studied Ayurveda in India, became a certified yoga instructor on the banks of the Ganges River, and opened a private practice specializing in functional mushroom-based treatment for individuals with autoimmune conditions and chronic illnesses. Danielle has found her calling as an instructor of mycology at the Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism and as head of education at Four Sigmatic. She brings her passion and expertise in herbal medicine, clinical practice, teaching, formulation, and her deep love for fungi to the everyday magic of Four Sigmatic. Uh, Danielle, yeah, it's great. We've got a lot to talk about, including we'll be talking about the line of products you guys offer uh, at Four Sigmatic. Um, but before getting to the products, uh, let's let's talk about your book. Uh, this this healing adaptogens book, in in my opinion, is one of the most important resources for all of us to have on hand. And the reason I say this, I've looked at a lot of different herbal medicine and uh, medicinal mushroom books over the years, and many of them are, are so chock full of information, uh, largely scientific and specialized information that for the regular kind of day-to-day layperson to have quick access to information that helps us understand what we can do in our own lives is actually kind of difficult, I think, to sift out of a lot of these resources out there. And your book, on the other hand, boils it down so beautifully and so excessively and so concisely. And I'm, I'm flashing it on screen here for the audience who are looking at the video. Um, so I just, I want to kick off talking about the books and, and note that you co-authored this book with Taro uh, Essa Coppella and uh, who, who is the founder of Four Sigmatic. We'll talk a little about his background a little later on, but just let me ask first, um, what was it that compelled you to put this book together, knowing that there, there are so many other resources similar uh, already out there on the market? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, 
What I found, and similar to what you mentioned, is there's these really awesome, more medical herbalism focused textbooks on adaptogens that are thick and they're rich, they're dense, they're full of awesome information. But unless you have a background of a practitioner of some sorts or an herbalist, it's really challenging to find that uh, user-friendly aspect to it. I'm like, okay, well now what? Where do I actually source this? And what kind of dosage dosing do I need? And what kind of things should I be looking out for in the marketplace? And just really kind of that bridge between understanding the information or maybe even having a little bit more difficult time understanding it because it's a lot of that deep uh, science and research that's not familiar to a lot of common people who really need the benefits of what these can offer. Or I started finding that as adaptogens were really exploding in popularity. So we saw, you know, a few years ago, ashwagandha surpassed green juices in Google search, which is crazy. Ashwagandha is very hard to spell, you know, it's like ashwagandha, Hindi, Ayurvedic roots, and yet green juice. I mean, we're like, okay, there's, there's a need for this. This is becoming um, relevant in the public eye. You know, I recently saw Dove did a line of adaptogen body soaps and different men's products using adaptogens. I mean, they're really starting to pop up in unexpected places. And it was like, we have these, these great herbal textbooks, but, but not something that recent. They're all a couple decades old as well. Or there's tons of information on the internet that a lot of it, frankly, was inaccurate or not backed by research and, so I'm like, okay, there's got to be some middle ground, you know, for someone that really loves the research and wants to dive in and wants to know what clinical trials are out there, but also wants to just start using this and say, hey, you know, I've never used Moringa before. What are the things to look out for? How do I, you know, source this appropriately and use it so I experience benefits? And that benefits thing is, is I guess, the third piece that I'll mention so the book is meant to be a bridge between, you know, all the information out there and that middle ground. That's why we say it's, it's definitive, but it's also this really accessible guide We're trying to cover both grounds there. But the benefit piece was also what really drove me and motivated me through, through the process of writing, because with uh, the hype and with kind of the, the explosion of adaptogens in the marketplace, there's a lot of mislabeling. There's a lot of people buying adaptogens in the wrong amounts or the wrong forms. This is like a huge problem in the functional mushroom arena. And so people would come to me, especially in private practice and, um, you know, through Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism, where I teach my young aspiring herbalists. And they're like, yeah, I tried that or, or someone else tried it. Or one of my um, clients have tried it. It didn't work. I'm like, all right, let's, let's dig into that. Why didn't it work? You know, were you actually buying what you thought you were buying? <laughs> were you getting the right amount? Was it extracted properly? Was it coming from the right country of origin? Right? All of these things to ensure that essentially the supplements we're buying are viable. And I like to remind us like the most expensive supplements we buy are the ones that don't work. And so how do we avoid that happening? One, to save us time and money and resources, but also to uh, help maintain the, the reputation and the value of these incredible ingredients, because it just breaks my heart when people are like, yeah, I tried chaga and it didn't do anything. You know, I don't believe in that. I'm like, well, let's make sure you are getting what you wanted to get. Cause these are incredible, but there are certain things that you've got to check 
off the list to make sure that you can actually reap what these are what these are capable of offering us. That's uh, really interesting in, in that that point about uh, trying something in it not necessarily working right away obviously can be caused by a number of different factors as you just uh, elucidated and, and this reminds me of a conversation I was having with my mom just yesterday where uh, she'll often recommend she does a daily golden milk with turmeric and it, it's a huge uh, a huge game changer for her and she'll often recommend this to some of her other friends and colleagues in that older age bracket uh, and, and it struck it off really adjust and reset and and to uh, have the right conditions for those benefits to be sustained on a going forward basis and so yeah I imagine not only is this a matter of, of quality and dosing but also uh, giving uh, the the supplements and our bodies enough time uh, to have those changes kind of take hold yeah Huge. I mean, I like to say adaptogens are in a pill for an ill. Same with many of our herbal medicines, right? You've got to be consistent and know that you're going to do something for several weeks or several months to experience the outcomes, you know, for years to come. And we're in a society where we're, we're kind of obsessed with like short-term wins. And so how do we, it's this balance. It's like, wait, you have to make sure something works, but also something working might not mean you feel it in 15 minutes with some of these adaptions. That's actually the case. Like cordyceps is an awesome example. If people like don't believe in the benefits of them, I'm like, all right, try this high potency cordyceps fruiting body extract, 1500 milligrams. Like let's, let's see, you'll feel it. But predominantly as a group, um, you've got to be patient and know that they're much more subtle and the replenishing a lot of nutrients in our body that are, have been depleted and we've been chronically depleted in, I think first and foremost, because of how stressed we are, you know, stress takes a huge toll on our body, not only energetically, right. Of course, we know there's like resources are uh, reallocated to like the survival mechanisms of our body, but on a physiological level as well, being stressed pulls nutrients from our body. It's like we use a lot more vitamin C when we're stressed. We're, we're running through our reservoirs, our banks of resources. And what's so unique about these 21 adaptogens is uh, they're some of the most nutrient dense foods that we have on the planet. So I really look at them like replenishing and restoring these reservoirs in our system so that when the stress comes, which is inevitable, we are, we're like, watering our roots, you know, we're really, or fertilizing our roots so that we have this strong foundation to draw from so that when the stressors do occur, you know, which are, which are always going to happen, we're not so far pushed off of our center, which then takes, you know, many weeks, if not months to, to get back to a state of equilibrium. We can become more resilient. We can move. I'm like thinking of Tai Chi, you know, we can like shift and move and, and still be, in a place of balance because we've done this long-term healing work. You know, we've, we've been drinking, been drinking the herbs or the mushrooms for days, for weeks. And we have that foundation. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. And one of the things that jumped right out at me with the book is the way that you've organized the information and the, 
really uh, recommendations according to three major categories: defend, perform, and restore. And I should I should note this uh, this is uh, not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any uh, illnesses, right? And and we got to put out all the disclaimers here as we're having this conversation. And I may even put a little language in the show notes, but. Um, Nonetheless, you've you've organized the 21 adaptogens according to these three major categories of defend, perform, and restore. And so, could you just walk us through what each of those means and uh, help us kind of develop that same framework that you've got in your book? Yeah, let's think about it in terms of stress, which I think is a really simple, like there's uh, before the stressor occurs, it's like, how can we prepare ourselves? This is another word for defend. Uh, to prepare ourselves before the the inevitable thing comes our way. So let's do that pre-work. It's almost the, um, there's this really quirky thing that my friend Danica says. She's like, let's uh, pre-charge so we don't have to recharge. So the defended adaptogens can be thought about in that way, this pre-charge. And a lot of them focus on immunity, gut health, which of course are interrelatable. 70% of our immunity lives within our gut. So really that foundation. Um, and then of course, uh, skin beauty is part of that as well, which when we think of it internally is really related to our detoxification systems and our, um, our liver health. So I think of those as kind of the foundations. How can we set ourselves up to have uh, really strong gut health, immunity, liver um, processes working actively and then from there, you know, okay, a stressor does perform or a stressor does occur. The next brings us to perform, which is how do we, how do we show up acutely in the face of these stressors? And so I've kind of broken this into two categories where we have like brain and body. So a lot of times, you know, we have to stare at a computer all day, even if we're being, we're really stressed and uh, being yelled at all day or whatever the programming is coming at us in some direction. Uh, so these more nootropic cognitive supporting adaptogens or the, the physical energy and endurance adaptogens. So um, when the stress comes and we are wanting to be totally vegged out and depleted, how do we actually give our bodies the resources to, to show up and have the energy we need to combat that acute physical stress? And then of course, just like in a exercise regimen, this third phase is the, the restore. So once that stressor has passed, how do we support our systems um, to replenish? And this is really actually where I recommend most people start because a lot of us have already been through all these stressors and we're needing to really begin in this restoration phase. These are also our most gentle adaptogens. Um, they're really targeting, while all of them target stress, these are particularly helpful at the stress, the mood benefits, um, as well as sleep, which is, which is so relevant. Um, and, you know, I kind of, some of them more general well-being, those that don't have this one specific benefit, which none of them do, they're adaptogens. That's what makes them adaptogens is they're non-specific by nature. And yet uh, I think uh, another thing that's relevant here when categorizing is always trying to meet people where they're at. So while, you know, let's say I talk about chaga in the defend category because of its antioxidant profile, amazing for skin health and immunity and digestion. And yet it does so many other things as well. And that's, that's part of the beauty and the magic of these ingredients. 
Um, but this categorization, this like three-tiered system is a way to gently start to think about them either in, you know, by different times of day or to support the cycles of stress, but take it loosely, you know, I think continue to, to be open-minded and potentially even uh, like expect surprises when you start using adaptogens, right? It's not like, okay, I'm going to take this cordyceps adaption because I need that immediate performance and I need that quick energy today. Well, you might also notice that, you know, you don't get sick when everyone else in your community gets sick in a few weeks, or um, maybe your stress, stress response has been reduced and you're sleeping better, right? There's these secondary benefits that come from all of them. So the categorization is is loose. It's like not hard doors boxing them in, but more of a, a way to start to think about them in different segments based on um, supporting the phases of stress. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, and, and one of the other uh, attributes that you discuss for many of these adaptogens is uh, effects on the libido, which of course might be of interest to some of our audience. Um, and 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 I'm I'm curious. Does that fall into the defend, perform, restore uh, categories neatly, or is that just sort of an, an another dimension of of attribute or effect that you're seeing with these 21 adaptogens? Yeah, great question. So when we think about how stress is taking a toll on our body, libido is our, our libido is often suppressed when we're in a state of stress, along with many other systems in our body. Like when an acute stressor occurs, we have to think about how we evolutionarily evolve to respond to the stressor. And in that moment, when a you know saber-toothed tiger is coming to attack us, the body concentrates its energy into immediate survival needs, right? So it's not, your body's not telling you when you're either going to fight that tiger or run for your life. It's not going to tell you whether you're hungry or thirsty or tired or horny, right? All of these things that are fundamental to being a human being, but not necessary for that acute state of survival. And so resources, you know, we only have so many resources. Those are pooled. And what has happened today is, although it's not a tiger coming to attack us, our body responds in a similar way. And it's not only once every couple months, it's actually often once an hour, you know, if not more often. And so when people, especially in private practice, come to me and are like, hey, you know, my sex drive is really low. I have no libido. And I start talking to them about their stress. They're like, they almost get frustrated. They're like, why are you talking about my stress? I want to talk about my libido. Like, give me a quick fix. But if we want that long-term rejuvenation, that vitality back into the body, right? To have oxygen in the bloodstream and to circulate blood appropriately and to have those feelings, like we need to make sure that the stressor is removed. I give the metaphor in the book, like if someone is pushing on a certain part of your body, that's the only thing you're going to think about. And that's where all your attention goes. And when that pin or that, that pressure point gets removed, the energy can start flowing into the rest of the body again. And so this is the approach with adaptogens and libido, although some are more directly, um, you know, have this direct tie, things like maca and the cordyceps. But in general, when we support our stress response and we remove, it's like a river, you know, we remove these blockages, 
the body can start to move energy in all of these other uh, systems and the organs of the body. Um, and oops, where'd you go? Um, and the libido can come back naturally for the long term, right? Not just, uh, not just to take a, a quick pill that might help you for that moment, but actually, you know, a, a healthy libido for weeks and, and years. Yeah, that's so wonderful. You know, and I'm actually right now I'm enjoying a beverage and this is not an IPA, although it looks like it could be a, a assumed to be one. This is actually one of the four Sigmatic products, uh, a defend plant-based protein shake with uh, a variety of mushrooms and adaptogens, vanilla flavor, and it's delicious. Uh, so I just want to bring that into the discussion. And when, when I, when I, when I wrote uh, the book, Why on Earth, a, a number of years ago, um, there, I wrote a chapter called Change, which is about uh, our opportunities for changing, changing our own habits, changing our own health and well-being in our personal lives, while also working for positive change in our communities and in our broader world. And in that discussion, there was this notion of picking up and putting down, right? Like as we're picking up better habits for ourselves often that also means we're we need to and or have an opportunity to put down some of the other habits that perhaps aren't serving us as well and I, i'll take this opportunity to mention that for me one of the things that had to happen over the last several years was no longer drinking alcohol and uh, I, I noticed you know right in the introduction of the book here and i'm going to quote uh, you uh, there's something speaking right to this. It says the most common unifying experience in modern life is stress and it's taking a serious toll on our health to cope. It's easy to rely on hyper palatable food, alcohol and pharmaceuticals, yet we are not getting better. And moreover, the tools we are using to cope are keeping our mental and physical energy low, prohibiting us from sleeping well and causing us to perform at only the level of merely scraping by. Um, and we're gonna go through each of the 21 adaptogens in, in super brief form here so that the audience can get a sense and a flavor, a taste, so to speak, of each of them. But before we get into those, I, I just wanna speak for a moment about these, these other things that so many of us are uh, turning to and are uh, perhaps an unhealthy balance or relationship within our lives, like I was with alcohol a number of years ago. And I'm curious when you're we're speaking with folks, um, whether it's in a formal setting or not, uh, how often does it come up before or while you're also recommending certain adaptogens that that folks are, you know, taking a good look at some of the other things they might do less of? It's an integral part of the conversation. Adaptogens are not a magic pill. They're pretty close, you know, if we're to pick a plant, we're like, what's the most phytochemically complex and something that's really gonna, gonna support us in the short and long term, but they're not a magic pill. None, none of this is a magic pill. And so we have to look at the other practices and the other things we're doing in our lifestyle. I mean, first and foremost is what are we nourishing ourselves with? And that's in the form of liquids and in food. And if you're eating a really unhealthy diet and drinking a bunch of alcohol or having processed foods every day, the adaptions, yeah, might help a little bit, but the, the kind of compounding benefits that you have when we start to look at our health holistically is so much greater. And so 
Uh, I just did a a series. I did like a live radio show with this host and we did on air. I was his herbalist. I'm like, okay, we're going to walk through this. And he was so excited. So he had just read the book and he's like, it won all these adaptogens. And I didn't offer him adaptogens in that full first session until like a couple of weeks in. And it was like really looking at exercise and the water he was drinking and what, what sorts of foods were nourishing him. Um, and these other aspects to what, what makes us human and, and the practices that we're involved with. Um, and so, yeah, we, we have to bring them on board. Um, and I don't blame anyone, you know, first and foremost, it's like, we do have to meet ourselves where we're at. So when we have these crazy demands being parents or working multiple jobs, or even working a job and being a parent or being a spouse or having farm work or having an herbal practice, you know, we're juggling a lot like we're all doing many, many things. We were talking earlier, we're like, I don't know if we just have more energy or if we know the world needs these skills, but there's a lot on all of our plates and it can be overwhelming and exhausting. And so I don't blame you know anyone for saying like, okay, I just need a glass of wine or I just need whatever this thing is that they're turning to, but I encourage um, and you know what I'm trying to do with, with this book and conversations like this of like, what if there was another way Cause right now we don't really, we're not told there's other ways. We're just like, this is the most available thing, or this is the easiest thing or the quickest fix. But what if there was another way that actually got you to where you wanted to be temporarily and could help you get and achieve your goals more easily, you know, next month or next year. And so just at least trying on that possibility is really exciting. It's like, wait, what do you mean? There's another way to unwind besides alcohol. It's like, yeah, we're seeing this amazing rise of like non-alcoholic beverages with herbs. It's the same thing. I think of when people in my practice would come to me and they're like, yeah, I'm using cannabis for, you know, digestion or headaches or sleep. And I'm like, what if I told you there was like at least a dozen other herbs that would maybe do the same thing, but be more relevant for your specific body and symptoms? They're like, what do you mean? You know, the, the weed isn't the only way. I'm like, no, like, let's create this, you know, skull cap, passion flower, hops, beautiful combination tea for sleep. And then when you wake up, we can add these adapt, you know, there's, there's so many other ways that we're just, they're not really uh, available to us in the same way as the, the quick fixes. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's really about slowly, slowly breaking that cycle. And it's almost like humorous, how easy it becomes when you take that first mental step to like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try something else or I'm going to change something. It's like, I always recommend adding before subtracting. So rather than like looking at your whole life and like, oh my God, I got to cut out alcohol and dairy and gluten. And I have to, to get off all my medication. Like, no, 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 that's not what it is. Let's start thinking of what healthy habit can you add, you know, and really build into your daily life. Maybe that's you know, a timeout, maybe that's breathing for a minute without a screen. Maybe that's adding a, a case of blueberries into your week every week. Maybe it's putting some trace minerals in your water. It's simple things and you motivate yourself. You know, these little things, we start feeling like even 2% better and it gives us the confidence to do the next thing and the next thing. Um, and adaptogens I find are an easy first thing to do, especially if it's, uh, stacked onto a habit that you already do. So this is, you know, what we do with four sigmatic, we look at, okay, what routines do people already have every day? What are they doing that they're not getting rid of, you know, drinking coffee, having a protein smoothie, 
and we add these really potent adaptogen extracts into these daily habits so that without even really doing anything different, you start to feel those benefits subtly. And it's that little shift that encourages you to do the next thing and the next thing. And like all of that accumulates and adds up and um, it's exciting, you know, before you know it, you're like, wait, and what did I even do? But my body's not really craving that, that wine anymore, or I don't really want that, like really sugary treat. It doesn't sound great. You know, I know that it's going to make me feel like crap in an hour. So uh, yeah, I guess all that to say, you know, holistic, looking at all parts of your life, your diet is so, so relevant and um, meeting yourself where you're at, adding before subtracting and just starting slow and knowing that like every little percent of change is building to uh, that future of a life really full of vitality that I think all of us are, are searching for. Absolutely. Yeah. It's wonderful. You know, one of the ways I like thinking about how some of these craving responses show up is that, uh, you know, a lot of this, as you know, comes from our gut microbiome and we're, we're literally each one of us, every single one of us is a farmer, whether we know it or not. And we are farming this huge colony of a variety of microorganisms in our digestive system. And when we're growing the ones say that really like sugar, cause we're eating a lot of sugar, well, they're going to send signals to have us crave more sugar, uh, possibly several times a day. Right. And as, as we make those switches, um, the, that, that population will actually decrease in number. And so they won't be putting out those signals quite as strongly. And eventually those signals won't show up at all anymore. And Absolutely. so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to think about it, right? Like we're, we're farming our own, uh, our own colony of tr billions and trillions of organisms. I love that metaphor. I've never thought of it in that way, but it's so true. And with every bite of food, we can think, who am I feeding? Because yeah. we have all of these bacteria, we have fungi. I mean, we have more uh, different organisms within our microbiome than we do human cells in our body, right? We are made of what's happening in our gut. Now we're realizing our mood is dependent on our gut health and our immunity and all of these other parts of being a human. And so we can say, yeah, who do I want to feed more of? And it reminds me of um, like in psychology, different thought patterns where uh, my fiance works in mental health and as a physician. So in like the Western sense of the world word, but he, we talk about, you know, what thoughts are you, are you feeding and what thoughts are you exercising? And really the more we think about something, the more those neural pathways are connected and stronger. And when we divert our attention or start thinking about something else, those neural pathways get stronger. Same thing in our gut, right? Like who are we feeding? Good guys, bad guys. Uh, and that can be so empowering too. Like, oh, uh, it's almost, uh, wow. There's all these different connections that get so tangent. Yeah. but it's like our dollar too. I think about this all the time. We're like, how can I make a difference environmentally? And I'm like, you vote with your dollar every single day. That is your investment in the future of that farmer or in the future of the Walmart or whoever it is you're investing in, you are saying here, I support what you're doing and I believe in your future. Here's my dollar. Right. And so same thing with our, with our gut. Okay. I want more of you to thrive. Okay. So I'm going to feed those that crave sugar or I'm going to feed those that crave kale. 
right? And and how powerful to to kind of distill it to that simple of like, yeah, what am I feeding? Looking at our plate. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the the power we have with our, our purchasing decisions and in why on earth there's actually a chapter called demand uh, that, that speaks to this. I, I call it a Jedi superpower. Each one of us is wielding every day where we're putting hundreds of signals into the marketplace every day. When we go to order a single meal at a restaurant, for example, that that meal is comprised of dozens of ingredients, right? And so depending on the type of restaurant we're choosing to dine at, those are all signals going to the marketplace. And of course, the foods that we choose to purchase to consume at home, same thing. Um, it's it's really, really powerful. It's absolutely shaping not only the, the economic landscape and who's thriving financially and who isn't, but that is a major feedback into our political landscape, as we, I think, know. So there, there are all of these systemic uh, relationships in the in the macro kind of political economy world with these specific choices we're each make, making every day that in a way mirrors, I think, a lot of the complex interconnectivity we find within our own bodies when we're looking at these systems and understanding these interrelationships. Hmm. Totally love these. Yeah. Mirrors what's happening inside, what's happening outside. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I think it, it empowers us to think about it in this way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wanted to pick up on this thread of water. Uh, you mentioned it, you know, we can add more trace minerals in our water. And I, I find that, you know, probably there's a whole lot of us who simply ought to drink more water than we're currently drinking in any given day. Um, and, and that's really important uh, to consider. And I think that there's a major question right now around water quality, uh, what's, what's in the water, what's imprinted in the water. And I'm, I'm really curious what you tell folks when they're asking about water, where to get water, how to work with water, depending on the sources available to them. So, 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 so important, this conversation. Um, yeah, I, I, it's not even about drinking more water. It's how do we drink better water? You know, it's yeah. like more is better, better is better. And uh, water is, is so, water is life, right? This is, is vital to, to every cell in our body. And so often, especially in higher elevation zones, you know, you're in Colorado, people are, are dehydrated. Um, but a lot of us are just dehydrated and that's, you know, and we think about inflammation, which is at the root of so many diseases, especially the most common diseases people are dealing with. It's a, this internal state of heat, right? When we think of inflammation, it's hot and it's dry. And so how do we replenish ourselves with water? But what, what I found is a lot of people are drinking, drinking, drinking water, and they're not actually hydrating their cells. Why is this? Our water is void of the minerals, the trace minerals that were always involved, that were always a part of water when we would drink spring water and not to get too political or, or conspiracy, but our springs have been purchased by big companies. And so we don't, uh, many of us don't drink spring water. Instead, we're drinking water that's coming out of our tap. And what happens with that water, especially in this country, is um, it's been treated, right, to kill different pathogens and bacteria in the water. And I think of that almost like uh, uh, our water is getting a dose of antibiotics. You know, it's like, OK, we got to kill all the bad guys. And in response, it, that's exactly what it's doing. So it's clean, 
Um, and yet it's killing all the microbiome in our body as well. And it's void of the minerals that we need. Um, so yeah, essentially, uh, you know, filtering our water is so important, but what happens even, you know, I have a Berkey filter I'm looking at, which has these great, great option, charcoal filters, and then a fluoride filter. But then what happens is we're left with what, what I call empty water, you know, so it's so clean, it's been stripped of minerals. And so we could drink, 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 but we're not actually, uh, we need the salts and the other minerals for our cells to actually utilize the water. Um, so there's a couple options, you know, if you're totally, you know, you have a, a classic filter. Um, I often tell people to start with adding some lemon and like a high quality Himalayan salt to their water. Um, what I put in the bottom of my, my Berkey system are a type of rock. They're called myfin stones. Um, and they're really uh, porous and they actually leach a lot of minerals from the stone back into the water. Um, you can get really heady and I put a bunch of crystals in there as well, you know, and reprogram the water. Um, so that's a great option. There's, there's an amazing company called trace minerals that you can actually drop. Um, they get their trace minerals from Utah and it's this concentrate of, um, many of the minerals that are, are, you know, should be in our water that are devoid of it today. Um, and so you can drop that into, into your filtered water afterwards, or if you can have access to spring water, you know, there's a great website called find a spring, um, and you can try to find springs near you. Um, of course, be careful, know what's around. So many environmental issues to to be aware of who's dumping things into the into the ground and up, who's upstream. Uh, but yeah, there's so much healing that can happen if we just shift the water that we're drinking by, you know, really starting to remineralize, I think is is the biggest thing that people aren't talking about. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah. By the way, I think uh, sometime in the near term, we're going to have a podcast interview with my friend Patrick, Patrick Rescone, who has a uh, water mineral company um, sourcing some very special minerals from different volcanic sources around the world. Yeah. And uh, so that'll that'll be of, of great interest, I think. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, our food used to have so many of these, the minerals as well. I talk about this a bit in healing adaptogens, but it's like, not only are we so stressed and more stressed than ever before, the tools that we have to deal with the, that stress are, are less, you know, the foods that we're eating, they don't contain the minerals, the vitamins, the, the phyto compounds that we need. And of course, all of these used to be so present in our soil. And now because of monocultures and pesticides and herbicides, all the sides and what we've done to, to our agricultural system, even foods that used to be rich in, in these key minerals, they're not rich in them anymore because they're not present in our soil. And so, um, yeah, replenishing through our water is, is profound, truly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so important. Let me, uh, let me remind our audience that, uh, this is the why on earth community podcast. I'm your host, Aaron William Perry, and today we're visiting with Danielle Ryan Broida, the co-author of Healing Adaptogens, the definitive guide to using super herbs and mushrooms for your body's restoration, defense, and performance. Uh, you can find more information um, about the book at healingadaptogens.com. Uh, you can also uh, get 
right to Danielle's website, which is DanielleRyanWellness.com. And we've been talking about Four Sigmatic, the company. You can go to foursigmatic.com. However, let me point out that uh, if when you go there, use the code Why on Earth uh, to get 20% off any order over $60. And we will also uh, have a link for Four Sigmatic on our partners and supporters page, which is whyonearth.org slash partners and supporters. Speaking of those partners and supporters, want to give a shout out to a few special ones. This includes Waylay Waters, waylaywaters.com, um, our friends at uh, Purium and Patagonia. And if you'd like to join the monthly program, you can go to whyonearth.org slash support. Sign up at any level. If you sign up at the $33 or greater level, we'll send you a jar or more than one, depending on your donation of the uh, hemp-infused, regeneratively and organically grown hemp-infused aromatherapy soaking salts from Waylay Waters. Also, uh, please like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast series on YouTube and all the other uh, audio channels, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And track us down on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, and LinkedIn and do the same as well. That helps a lot. Uh, we are already covering so much, Danielle, and I want to be sure that we have a chance to go through the 21 adaptogens that you recommend. Um, the book is so well written, and at the, the end of the book, there's even a mini quiz uh, that can help you as a reader uh, assess your, your knowledge absorption from the book. There's also a top 10 commandments of starting a life on adaptogens and a guide to shopping that helps you understand uh, what you're really getting when you're spending your hard-earned dollars on these adaptogens uh, that ranges from the form, the dose, the purity, the bioavailability, and the and the sustainability of those products. So um, we've got 21 here to talk about, and I, let's just go in order if that's with you, Danielle, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we've got chaga. Um, tell us about chaga. Chaga is the most antioxidant-rich food on the planet. It is incredible. I mean, when we think about why antioxidants are important, uh, they're fighting free radicals, which you know are released when we age, when we exercise, when we're exposed to sun, when we travel. Uh, so really fueling our system. Uh, chaga is like your body's it's like your internal bodyguard. You know, I think about chaga. It's like a bunch of people are are sick around you, coughing around you. If your system is strong and supported, it's also antiviral and anti-inflammatory. It contains um, superoxide dismutase. It contains uh, melanin, just like a really a really powerful functional fungi um, that is kind of like your immunity best friend, your internal bodyguard, like know that when you have chaga on board, you're like your own defense system. You've got, I think of chaga as like a shield protecting the body. That's great. That's wonderful. Okay. How about Eleuthero? Yeah. Eleuthero is uh, also known as Siberian ginseng. So it's not actually part of the ginseng family, but um, it's an incredible adaptogenic root that we often think of for um, not only immunity, but for energy and endurance. So it's a little uh, more gentle than the classic ginseng, but if you need more of um, kind of an acute uh, boost, uh, both cognitively, immune system, uh, Eleuthero is a great option to turn to as a as a tea, you want to boil it if you're using a tea or as an extract, some good tincture. 
Okay, great. Thanks. That's good. Yes. Yeah, so how about turkey tail? Oh, such an amazing mushroom, abundant all across the world and most forested ecosystems. You can find turkey tail, uh, unique to turkey tail. It, it contains prebiotics. So when we talk about gut health, right, not only the food we're eating is feeding all the, the microbiomes in there, but we also need prebiotics to feed the probiotics that we know are so essential. Um, turkey tail is incredible for um, the immune system, the only uh, and first uh, mushroom-based anti-cancer drug in Japan called Crestin actually comes from a compound found in turkey tail. So amazing kind of preventative and long-term immune support uh, via uh, these, these amazing compounds that are working within our gut. That's wonderful. And uh, one of my favorites, turmeric. Turmeric, I mean, probably the most used uh, adaptogen of all. We know how important turmeric it is. So potently anti-inflammatory, that deep orange color, right? When we think about the hues in our plants and our foods that we're consuming, that is a key sign of the phytocompounds in it that are beneficial for our body. So for so many different things in the book, I specifically highlight um, turmeric for its kind of beauty and skin benefits. But again, this is all coming from the inside out. So while you can use turmeric topically, think of it as anti-inflammatory supporting the liver um, and so many other of our of our internal organs to um, kind of fuel and replenish and reduce inflammation, um, which is foundational to so many other diseases that many of us are experiencing. Absolutely. And what's the thing about uh, working with black pepper together with the turmeric? Yeah. In the book, I have a best friends category. So essentially, these are uh, ingredients that you should use in combination with the key adaptogen. And it's like uh, one plus one isn't two, you know, one plus one is like a hundred. So there's this amazing synergy that happens and formulation is so important. But if you are going to be using uh, turmeric, black pepper actually activates the curcumin, which is the key uh, anti-inflammatory property in the turmeric root. So um, it, it becomes like 2000 times more effective. I mean, it's, it's crazy when we add black pepper. So it doesn't have to be a ton. You know, if you have a golden milk tea or something, you could add a few cracks of black pepper um, and a lot of high quality supplements will have that, that black pepper added in already um, to enhance and make sure you're getting the most out of your supplement. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to talk about one that uh, I'll have to confess has uh, become a go-to to substitute for gummy bears. I've, I love gummy bears and uh, I still do enjoy an organic gummy bear on occasion, but not nearly with the frequency I used to. So um, one of my go-tos that's kind of like a gummy bear is the goji berry. And of course, goji is one of your 21 recommended adaptogens. Can you tell us about goji? Yeah, goji is such a super fruit. Um, so easy. You know, a lot of these are like weird roots and mushrooms and you have to extract them. Goji is probably the easiest adaptogen to just grab a handful of, throw into anything. So incredibly rich in a range of different vitamins, you know, vitamin C. Um, so just add goji into anything. I mean, a great for libido, endurance, uh, really like that lift in energy and can be consumed, you know, all year long, they dry really easily. Um, and just, just snack on them. <laughs> I do. It's lovely. <laughs> Love it. How about Shisandra? This is such an interesting adaptogen. Uh, it's called the five flavor berry. If you 
don't think of, you know, if you have a goji first and then have a Shazandra, be prepared to be surprised. It has all five flavors that build as you're tasting them. And I really believe in tasting our medicine. There's something really important about that. And it signals the other processes in the body when we start, you know, by using the medicine in our mouth. Um, but Shazandra is uh, wonderful for so many things. I mean, beauty, um, again, all of our berries can be put in this beauty category. When we think of like skin and liver health, we think of all these vitamins and minerals. Um, but beyond that, Shazandra is a really powerful, like energetic lift. Um, I find a lot of people that are like new parents are craving Shazandra, right? Giving them that kind of endurance and that extra kick of energy to make it through the day without um, having an extra stimulant where they then feel depleted later. Um, so kind of this combination of helping to tackle the stressors of the day, as well as kind of give us that extra endurance to, to keep going. Cool. So, yeah. so helpful. So helpful. How about acerola? So this is actually a cherry um, and it's one of the richest foods in um, vitamin C. So just to like give us an idea, it contain, contains like up to a hundred times the amount of vitamin C as, as things like oranges, which we often tout for their high vitamin C content. Um, and again, I mentioned this earlier, but when we're stressed, we use a lot more vitamin C in our body. So all of these umbrella, umbrella categories are helping with that stress. Um, but particularly so many of us in, you know, it's change of season right now, we're moving into the winter. We talk about vitamin C for fall, um, the ascorbic acid, which is more of the form that a lot of people are using, um, this kind of synthetic version of vitamin C, it can actually be more detrimental than beneficial to us. Um, so I really recommend if you are going to be using, um, vitamin C for its immune benefits, or stress benefits, you know, we don't talk about that as much as we should, um, using acerola instead, right? So really using, it's like the whole form of the vitamin or even using it in um, combination. So it's like, if you're taking vitamin C, take a whole food that contains that as well. And your body recognizes um, how to process it and use it a lot more efficiently. So same thing. Um, and then of course, just because of the sheer range of phytochemicals in here, it's like a amazing longevity berry, really amazing kind of anti-aging benefits and long-term health support. That's great. Wow. And ginseng. Probably the most famous, I don't know if people think of um, adaptions and one that I actually um, put kind of like be a little weary about using ginseng. Um, I recommend it really can give you a kick. Ginseng is strong. Uh, and I think of like old, you know, traditional TCM practitioners using ginseng when people are really like on their last straw, like totally worn out. And they need that, like, wake up the chi, you know, like kick the vital force into being, um, so unless, you know, for an older aged audience, I recommend ginseng, it can kind of help reinvigorate libido. Um, it can have kind of cognitive benefits as well. Um, but it's, it's powerful. And the one thing I'll say with ginseng is like, if you want to try it and feel like, well, I feel really good taking ginseng for a little bit, um, know that it's not the, the rest of your systems. Like we talked about holistically before the rest of your symptoms aren't going away. When you have ginseng, ginseng might just kind of forget, mm -hmm. help you forget that you are really tired or you are really deficient in other things. Cause it is, is strong and you feel vital and alive and energized. But um, yeah, it really is one of the few adaptions that's kind of specific to um an older audience and when you're like totally strung out 
then reach for ginseng to kind of turn back on your, your fire. Interesting. That's really interesting. Okay. And then we've got cordyceps. One of my favorite species of all time. Um, functional mushroom, uh, originally from the high Himalayas. Uh, so grows above 14,000 feet in elevation. Think of it, where these ingredients come from can actually give us a lot of information about what they do for our bodies. Um, so cordyceps is amazing for lung health, for libido, for energy, for endurance. Uh, and again, without having any stimulation, um, cordyceps can really give you that kind of quick, um, boost that quick lift, uh, and secondary benefits. A lot of people like think of it as the athlete mushroom or energy mushroom. Um, but beyond that, it's the, the first functional mushroom that was classified as an adaptogen. So it does have these amazing benefits to the HPA axis and, uh, our body's ability to deal with stress and um, this affinity towards the lungs. And so I'm like, if there's any any one of the, I mean, they're all so relevant, but especially for the past couple of years, it's like, we want energy, we want long-term immune health, we want to combat our stress, we want greater ability, it increases VO2 max, so we have more ability to breathe and have these um, respiratory benefits. I mean, cordyceps is like a total all hitter. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. This brings us to maca. Oh, maca. Um, yeah, I have to mention maca is the highest elevation crop in the world. Um, and so important. I talk about this in the shopping guide um, section, but where you're getting your, your adaptogens. And so maca is a great example. Um, there, it's this phenomenon called xenohormesis. So where ingredients are growing out in the wild, um, they develop compounds to uh, basically be able to, uh, survive and thrive amongst the, the environmental, uh, conditions. So, you know, a high elevation crop, you're exposed to, um, a lot of stressors. And so in response, the, the, uh, plant itself will develop, uh, whether it's different amino acids or these nanonutrients. And so that's what gives us, um, a lot of the, the adaptogenic benefits when we consume these from their native lands. So, um, maca is kind of often touted with, um, it's hormonal benefits. So a lot of times for women, but really has a, a great association with libido. Of course, part of that, we can't talk about libido without, without energy and stress being part of the picture. So again, whether you're starting, uh, to take maca for, for a lift in energy. And then you notice your libido increases, or you start taking it to reduce stress and you notice your libido increases, know that they're all kind of part of the, the same, uh, branch. And it's just what stage you're starting with and what's filling those aspects of your body first. Mm, so interesting. Okay. This one I had last night with my dinner, lion's mane. Did you eat it? Cooked it up? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of these functional foods and adaptions also can be culinary. Um, lion's mane is so great. Know that it's different, you know, and it's medicinal properties and strength when you're eating it, but totally eat it versus like a high concentrate. Um, but it's our one uh, adaption that's also considered a nootropic. So a lot of people take it for the cognitive memory, brain enhancing and supportive benefits. Um, of course, it also has the the same polysaccharides as our other mushrooms. So going to be awesome for immune health, gut health. Um and uh, yeah, just like really, really incredible, like the overall longevity benefits as well. So um, 
it's so hard to put these in a box. It's like they all, there's the point of them being adaptogens is they're not, they don't have one benefit, but yeah, I mean, the, the nerve support is really unique to lion's mane. So whether that's, um, you know, nerve damage after an accident or with neuro, uh, regeneration. So a lot of times with neurodegeneration is when people are, are called to lion's mane, things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, um, or as just a daily support because we are, we have so many demands on our minds and our brains. So to really keep us going and have that, um, have that acute cognitive support. Yeah. Wonderful. We're, we're over halfway through the list. I feel like this is almost like a speed quiz or something and, and so it appreciate really you, you, <laughs> you doing this in a way that I think really helps us as an audience to, to, to get a snapshot of what each of these can do. And of course, uh, everybody get the book. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, healing adaptogens. In fact, I was so struck by the uh, value of this book that uh, we are actually giving copies to our uh, board members for the at the Y on Earth community so that they can each um, dive in and, and get an even better understanding. And, and some of our board members already have a pretty deep background in this arena. So um, th this, I, you know, I just want to mention that this this speed summary thing that we're doing here uh, is not meant to be a substitute for reading the book and, and getting that deeper dive discussion that Danielle uh, put together so beautifully in the book. So, okay, here we go. Continuing on, we've got Makuna. Makuna, the velvet bean, the dopamine bean, uh, really cool Ayurvedic pod. And, and we use the seed or the bean or whatever you want to call it. Um, a lot of times we talk about it's like the happiness bean. So precursor to L-dopa, think of it for brain benefits and stress benefits. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep it quick. I'm going to do like one high level for each of these now. Love it. And then we've got rhodiola. Oh, rhodiola. I think I have some rhodiola behind me. Um, I found rhodiola in Iceland a few summers ago and it was like the highlight of my life. Uh, but incredible root, amazing for endurance, um, also cognitive benefits. Um, rhodiola, again, it, it grows in some of the most extremely stressful places on earth. So um, when we source true rhodiola from the wild, it contains these amazing uh, polyphenols and compounds that are giving our bodies the ability to um, combat the stressors, both cognitively and physically that we're, we're exposed to daily. Cool. Go to cola. Go to cola. Um, this is another brain herb. We're like in the brain section right now. So it's a leaf. You can make it more like an infusion and, and how most of us are used to um, taking tea. Uh, a very popular leaf in um, Southeast Asian countries uh, and amazing for longevity. It's just a powerhouse of different nutrients in there, um, but really kind of touted particularly for its brain and stress supporting benefits. Hmm. Great. Okay. Ashwagandha. Oh, ashwagandha. I'm like, who hasn't yeah. heard of ashwagandha? There's so much going on. Um, when we think about ashwagandha, I really like stress comes up, but really like the Latin name with Thania somnifera is um, uh, like helping with restful sleep. And so, so often when we think about stressors, people want to turn towards those 
like energy, endurance, brain adaptogens. But instead, I, I like this is my favorite section, the restorative, um, because when we can replenish from the roots, then we can wake up the next day with the energy that that we're craving without needing, you know, a quick fix or a Band-Aid for it. So ashwagandha is an amazing adaption to start with, really gentle. Um, but yeah, think of stress, longevity benefits. There's also some, some really cool research with ashwagandha supporting the brain and cognitive ability, but but for now, yeah, think of that like restful sleep, relaxation, um, the pre-charge before you have to recharge with ashwagandha. Great. How about reishi? Oh my gosh, reishi! I was before I said this, I'm like, we could have three hour conversation just on reishi. Uh, reishi yeah. queen of mushrooms, she's the most studied of all the adaptogens, has the most amount of identified compounds. Um, I always tell people if you can only start with one functional mushroom. Reishi should be the go-to um, total, total powerhouse. Um, a lot of people talk about Reishi in response to stress, but has amazing um, cardiovascular and heart benefits, both energetically considered a heart medicine, uh, chi tonic, uh, but also, uh, I mean, has amazing benefits to, to systemic stress without being sedative in any way. Um, and of course, you know, all of these polysaccharides are really supporting our immune system, in a, in a long-term modulating immunability. So without stimulating, without, um, or directly stimulating or directly downregulating, reishi is an awesome option to take, you know, throughout the entire winter um, to keep your immune system in a kind of homeostasis level that is unique to your body. That's great. You know, during the holidays, when I'm uh, just on my own or when I'm expecting some company, I'll keep a uh, chai tea stock on the stove that has clove, cardamom, cinnamon, and reishi in it. Um, and, you know, people can doctor it up with oat milk or honey or whatever, but that, that stock tea is, is easy to have around. I love that. I'm going to do that too. And the cool thing with reishi decoction is you can just keep adding more and more water to it. Like throughout the winter, I'll often do different mushrooms and it's like, okay, you saturate that amount of liquid and you drink that and you can add more and more and more until there's no more, you know, color or flavor. So a little bit of reishi slices or, or, you know, fungi fruiting body goes so far when you extract it properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And now we come to Tulsi. Oh, holy basil, the, the uh, holy one, the matchless one. It's like, it has these amazing Ayurvedic names, the incomparable one. Um, it really is similar to how reishi represents like mind, body, spirit, um, and, and has these harmonizing effects. Uh, Tulsi kind of does that in the plant kingdom. Um, it's part of the mint family. So you can think of the same um, like Lamiaceae benefits with respiratory digestion. Um, but really, furthermore, it has these uh, amazing ability to to lift mood and to support stress. Cool. And of course, uh, many of our favorites, cacao. Yeah, I was really stoked to include cacao in this. A lot of people don't think about cacao as an adaptogen, but I like to argue that it is. Um, cacao on its own is the most nutrient dense food we have. You know, I feel like I got repetitive in the book. I'm like, every one of these is so powerful, but truly in the regions that they're found around the world, these are like the number one in that in that area. And um, cacao is so powerful, I think for today's chat, because we we talked a lot about trace minerals. Um, cacao is incredibly rich in magnesium, which is the number one mineral deficiency in the American population. And when we think about how dang stressed we are, 
And then we think we're deficient in our, I think of magnesium, like our cellular relaxer, right? The mineral needed to, to help us combat that stress and relax and unwind. Um, there's just like never been more of a time to um, have more cacao. I know, you know, it's the real raw fermented cacao, very different than like a Hershey's chocolate bar. Although they both start from the, the Theobroma cacao tree, really using that, that real cacao for, um, I mean, longevity benefits and for today's purpose, magnesium and relaxing. Yeah. And of, and of course we can get our cacao from four sigmatic. And also if you're looking for a bar, our friends at Dr. Bronner's have an amazing regenerative organic chocolate bar. It's a favorite and, uh, check out our chocolate episode with Mike Bronner. If you're interested in learning more about that. Um, okay. Gynostemma. Gynostemma. Um, this is like an off the air thing, but our friend, mutual friend, Jack gave me, he drinks gynostemma all the time. It was like my first intro to gynostemma. And if you you can picture Jack, he's, you know, well in his eighties and is so full of life and vibrancy. And I think of that, it's called like miracle grass. Um, and it, it just has these wonderful longevity benefits. It can give us a lift in energy, um, help us, uh, it's hard to say reduce, but really like ease stress um, to enable us to, yeah, combat whatever, whatever comes our way. So, you know, if, especially afternoons, like if you get that little slump, um, instead of drinking a green tea, um, that has that direct stimulant in it with the caffeine, of course, gynostemma is an awesome, um, uh, like a, a replacement option for you habit stacked option. That's wonderful. All right. We've got, we've got two more. We've got next up Moringa. Moringa, uh, again, another super packed nutrient dense leaf. Uh, Moringa is actually used in uh, developing countries for malnourished children because of how sheerly rich it is in uh, different antioxidants. It has a ton of um, essential amino acids in it, minerals, uh, so you can eat it, you can make a tea out of it, uh, and just amazing benefits for one, it's nutritive potential. Um, but of course that leads into longevity and then some, um, really cool, cool clinical studies around Moringa for, um, for mood as well. Wonderful. And this brings us to last, but not least astragalus. Oh, astragalus. Oh, there's, you got to dive into my book and read about um, astragalus and how it affects telomeres um, and DNA, but really like longevity in action is really cool with astragalus. It also has wonderful immune benefits, can be a little more immune stimulating. So um, just note that, you know, if you're working with an autoimmune condition or something, but you can add it like in that, in that decoction you have brewing all winter, um, it's great in soups and stews and, um, especially post, uh, an illness, uh, astragalus is really great at, uh, kind of the recovery phase and, and reactivating and nourishing the body after a bout of illness. So, um, longevity, immunity, uh, and those recovery benefits are, are kind of the key to astragalus. That's so wonderful. And, you know, I've been enjoying many of these superfoods in these four sigmatic products that uh, you have shared with us. This one is the super powder I've been enjoying in the morning time. It's an apple cherry uh, with probiotics, prebiotics for gut health. Uh, we've got many different uh, moringa, chaga, turkey tail in here. And yeah. then as 
we've been talking, I've been drinking this one, the uh, uh, plant-based protein vanilla. This has pea, hemp, chia, pumpkin, coconut, along with the ashwagandha, a loose row, chaga, cordyceps, reishi, turkey tail, lion's mane. And then this one, boy, this made me happy. I do enjoy some coffee. Heck and yeah. uh, to get some coffee that also has lion's mane and chaga in it is uh, pretty special. So if you're interested in getting these Four Sigmatic products, be sure to use the code why on earth uh, to get your discount? That's a 20% uh, discount on any order over $60. I um, want to also mention you can connect with Danielle on Instagram at Danielle Ryan Broida. We'll have these links in the show notes. And you can also connect with Four Sigmatic at, at Four Sigmatic. Um, the book, Healing Adaptogens, is published by Hay House, and they're at, at Hay House. Uh, and they've got a number of other wonderful books, resources, authors, etc. if you're interested in learning more about that body of work. And uh, I'm just looking over my notes, Danielle. I, I do want to mention that um, you co-authored this book with Taro Capella, and uh, he is the CEO and founder of Four Sigmatic and also is a 13th generation family farmer uh, from Finland. He, he did his uh, degree at Cornell in chemistry and business, where he also did a certificate in plant-based nutrition. And he's written a couple of books that caught my attention, one called Healing Mushrooms, the other called Santa Sold Shrooms, a children's book for adults about the magical origins of Santa Claus. I think that might be of interest to many of us, especially this time of year. Yeah, um, yeah amazing. And amazing. look, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to continue for just a few more minutes in our behind the scenes chat danielle which we share with our ambassadors you have to have the access code to get that additional material and if you're interested in becoming an ambassador you can go to whyonearth.org it's letter y-o-n-e-a-r-t-h.org and you'll see uh, the pages for the ambassador program um, and uh, can join us and get access to these additional materials and uh, I'm looking forward to behind the scenes. We'll, we'll, we'll dig into just a couple more of these threads, Danielle. But I want to thank you. This episode is so packed full. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this is the most nutrient-dense episode <laughs> apps that we've put together, certainly when it comes to adaptogens. And uh, thank you for running through all of that material with such a, a succinct pace uh, I think it's very helpful for our audience. And before we sign off from the podcast episode, I just want to open the floor to you. Uh, if there's anything else you'd like to share, mention, uh, uh, suggest, um, it would be wonderful to hear that from you. Yeah, I just think, uh, first of all, thanks. It's been so fun and such a great chat. I've never done a show where I've run through all 21 and like try to cram it in. Um, but it's really fun. Just like a little spark notes. But I think we we made it very clear that there's more to discover beyond those those little snippets. And I just feel really grateful to be in this time right now where uh, these ingredients are accessible to us really for for one of the first times in history, you know, for each each one of these 21 ingredients, um, the stories are wild. You sometimes had to be part of the emperor's 
palace or the royal family or, you know, like different mushrooms were only willed their location upon the the deathbed of the father and the family. I mean, with cacao, it was a, a currency. I mean, you had to travel so many miles or trade or or be in these elite circles to even have access to these ingredients. And um, today we can find them on Amazon or like in most of our grocery stores. And it's just wild to me that they're so here for us. And yet, uh, the no- and we need them so desperately, like really, like more than ever, we really, really need the, the benefits they can offer us. And yet there's a, there's a gap, you know, we're not using them all every day and we're not all drinking mushroom coffee yet, or having cacao instead of wine at night. And so my goal with this book and with life, I think is to, be a bridge in any way I can between the the fungi and plant world and the humans and just to help remind us and help us remember um, that these exist and and that we have allies and we're not alone. And um, throughout all of history, we have always relied on plant medicines, fungal medicines um, through all chapters of life, through all seasons. It doesn't have to just be when you're sick or, you know, when you're going through a big life change, but um, incorporating them as food, as teas, as, you know, as just part of our, our weekly lives can be such an enriching experience to connect us back to the earth, um, ultimately, which, um, you know, is really why we're here all along. I think the more we can honor and respect these ingredients that allow us to feel alive, the more we want to protect the places that they come from. And, um, yeah, they just teach us connection in so many ways, um, whether it be, you know, reminding us we're not alone, that we have allies, that we're supported. Um, and so I hope, you know, this chat and this book can can be a little dose of that. Absolutely, Danielle. And, you know, this, this connection with Earth is so important to all of our work right now. And the relationships we get to build together in this work is, I think, one of the richest rewards that we get to cultivate together. And I want to give a final shout out to our dear friend, Jack, whom you mentioned earlier, who uh, uh, has been a an advisor to the Why on Earth community, is a dear, dear friend of mine, and who connected us, got us connected so that we could do this podcast together. So shout out to Jack. And, uh, we love and you, Jack. <laughs> yeah, love you, Jack. It's, uh, yeah, so great talking with you. Thank you for sharing so much with us today. Thank you so much for having me. My Truly my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. The Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series is hosted by Aaron William Perry, author, thought leader, and executive consultant. The podcast and video recordings are made possible by the generous support of people like you. To sign up as a daily, weekly, or monthly supporter, please visit whyonearth.org support. Support packages start at just $1 per month. The podcast series is also sponsored by several corporate and organization sponsors. You can get discounts on their products and services using the code whyonearth, all one word with a Y. These sponsors are listed on the whyonearth.org backslash support page. If you found this particular podcast episode especially insightful, informative, or inspiring, please pass it on and share it with a friend whom you think will also enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. 
Thank you for your support. And thank you for being a part of the Why on Earth community.